0: It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Hmm. I found them. After I left, I hiked north, back to where we were. hiked to the beach, followed the shoreline. A day later, I saw one. What did he look like? Dirty. Worn clothing, no shoes, simple. Just like the rest of them. Like the rest of them? Yeah. His people, the others. I followed him back to his camp. They, they, they live in tents, canvas tents and, and teepees. They eat dried fish. They're worse off than we are. How many of them were there? I counted 22 and the the boat i didn't see it did you did you see Walt? no but i know he's there they have a hatch how do you know that they... Th- there's a set of metal doors leading underground what else could it be and you think that that's where they're keeping the kids they keep it guarded 24 7. at two guards Two guns, and two guns is all I saw. They're barely armed. Most of them are old, and half of them are women. I couldn't save them. So I came back to tell you. Tell you that we can take them. As soon as I get my strength back, I will take us back there. And we are going to get my boy back.
1: Welcome, everyone, as we head back to the island once again for another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited. I am your host, Ben Beck.
2: And I am also your host, Kristen Howell. Uh, This episode, we continue on, approaching the end of season two, covering episode 20, Two for the Road. I got one ben. for the money, two <laughs> for the road, three to get ready now. Go, cat, go. God.
1: God, it, there's going to be like a song reference to every episode going forward. I mean, last week it was SOS. Now it's yeah,
2: <laughs> an Elvis song. Next week we'll just what? It'll just be, uh, it'll just be <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: there. It'll you just go. Just be a question be mark. Home
2: improvement. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah so uh just a quick heads up before we jump into anything else uh (laughs) i'm just gonna apologize for train derailment train derailments like conversation derailments right off the bat because it happens every episode but hey man people keep student keep tuning in so i'm not complaining about it one bit not at all
2: well you know it's half of us talking and half of it is lost and that that's a good mix i guess i don't know (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh but again this is a spoiler full podcast uh, we talk about things that have happened in the past and the future of the series so apologies ahead of time if you're watching through for the first time and something gets spoiled for you so hey guess can't what helped. they're
2: plane crashed and they're on an island <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow that just made you sound so much like a sarcastic ass
2: oh but it's fine <laughs> that, but see, that's not really a spoiler. So, what?
1: That that's you're a sarcastic like ass?
2: Of, oh, oh, that's mean.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I know. Because anybody's
1: not. a sarcastic, yeah. If anybody's a sarcastic ass between the two of us, it's me.
2: Well, I'm, I'm sarcastic,
1: and I'm an ass, so yeah, it works. There you go. Perfect.
2: <laughs> We're gonna rename the podcast. <laughs>
1: The sarcastic gas pass. The sarcastic gas cast.
2: <laughs> yes, I was I was laughing too hard. I wanted to say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we we're already off the rails. That's we okay. haven't even started with the episode yet.
2: It's okay. I don't but, really uh, want to talk about this episode, so that's fine.
1: Well, no. we're gonna have to.
2: I know. It's so. a good episode, actually. It's a phenomenal episode. It's just it sucks.
1: Yeah, but hey, um, there is something that comes up in this episode. I didn't even get to talk to you about this when we were prepping, but uh, I just recently made a purchase, and what I purchased, we're going to use it as a giveaway, and we will reveal what it is when we get to that point.
2: Look, man, I don't want your Donald Glover Funko Pop, okay?
1: Hey, look, there's nothing wrong with my Troy and Abed Funko Pop Funko Pops at all, not at all. Cool. Let's talk. Let's talk about the episode. Cool, man. Uh, but yeah, two for the road. Episode twenty. We've got four episodes to go in season two, and this is a big one because this is pretty much these last five episodes of this season, including this one. We're full bore to the end of the season now, and there's I don't think there's really any slowing down at this point. There's no more like fun, trippy little episodes. Like there's no more playing golf or anything like that. We are. Uh, We've we've got our foot on the gas now to the end of the season, and it starts off with the loss of two characters by the end of this episode. Boo. Yeah, I know. Um, And two episode two characters that one in our discussion of this season since we've started, my opinion has really changed. Because it was an it was a person, it was a character I wasn't too crazy about. And the more we started analyzing the character and the more we started talking about the character, the more I really started to grow to like the character. Let's talk and about that I'm character. Even... Who is it? <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's uh, Vincent. No, it's not Vincent. Vincent. It's Anna Lucia. Oh
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh Anna Lucia, with you know, we get the loss of both Anna Lucia and Libby at the end of this episode. Anna Lucia pretty much planned and uh Libby collateral damage, unfortunately, to uh to the plan of Michael.
2: <sighs> so, fucking Michael.
1: I know. Uh before we jump in any further into the episode, um a point of a point from our corrections department. Last week I had mentioned how the episode ended with Michael coming out of the jungle in the rain, that I was wrong. There oh. was no rain when Michael came out of the jungle. So uh, I do have to correct myself on that point before anybody says anything about it. Uh, not that anybody would, but just so it's clear, I'm not always correct. And I was wrong <laughs> in my assumption. There was no rain. So. Okay. But jumping into the episode, I'll let you kick us off. What's what's wh- Where do you want to start when it comes to this episode?
2: Oh, where do I want to start? Well, I want to start just with a theme that's been popping up the entire season, which I'm wondering now, you know, I, I'm happy that I have forgotten a lot of, of the series. I mean, I I remember broad strokes and I I remember storylines and stuff, but as far as themes go, um, I'm interested to see if there is some sort of a landing on this entire season long theme of how, manipulating Locke is is coming into the story. So when Locke goes in to talk to Ben after Anna Lucia hits, or a- Anna Lucia um, get almost gets killed and Locke saves her and then it's like Locke can't help but go back in there because he needs to talk to Ben. For some reason Ben's got a hold on him and, and we've seen that several times throughout the episode. But what's interesting is that Ben, Ben knows exactly how to manipulate him, you know, and I don't know, and maybe you can tell me, I don't know how much of this is manipulation and how much of this is actually fact, especially given knowing like kind of the whole story about, uh, Ben and what he's doing and Locke and his story and just kind of the story of the island and, and how it all, and how it all kind of sews up, um, big picture wise, but this is just one of those scenarios um, that we've seen happen over and over again with Locke. Where, you know, Ben's like, "Well, you know, you're one of the good ones, and you're why I, I, you know, I didn't kill you. I didn't kill you or hurt you because, you know, I was I was coming to get you, Locke. But but that woman, she trapped me in my net. Er, and I and I wanted to come and get you, and and here we are. So what are you going to do about it, Locke? You know? and, and Locke really wants to believe him. He want, He's spent most of his time on this island believing that he's special because he was healed. You know, it's interesting because Rose doesn't feel that way. Rose is just happy she's healed and never wants to leave. Locke believes that he's been healed for a reason and he's been desperately searching for that reason. And it's like Ben has somehow honed in on that and he's trying to use it to his advantage, uh, by either escaping or, you know, getting some more freedom, uh, whatever it is, it's working because Locke keeps getting drawn to him. Locke keeps going in and talking to him and it chips away at Locke's psyche little by little to the point that Locke then lies to Jack about what happened, and, and covers for what happened between Ben and Ana Lucia. And so it isn't until Locke realizes later that Ana Lucia plans to kill Ben with, with Sawyer's missing gun that he fesses up to Jack what's happening, which isn't going to play well in the long run because Jack, ben, uh, Jack doesn't like getting lied to. Now, what else is interesting is that, you know, we open up the episode and Jack is like, why did they let him go? Why did they let him go um, with regards to Michael? And Kate's like, he just heard our voice. It's fine. Why, you know, you're talking nonsense right now. And so later, Locke asks Jack the same question and Jack treats it, treats him like shit over it. And he's like, what are you talking about? You're so stupid. Of course he just followed <laughs> our voice. He, he Nobody would let him go, Locke. Oh, you're so dumb, you know? And so it's just, it's just so strange how the treatment of Locke always seems to be, I, 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 I don't know, I, I, I hate the way Locke is treated and I hate the way that his emotions are always played with uh, either by Ben or by Jack or by the other survivors who want something from Jack and know that they can do it if they create some sort of a fight between Jack and Locke. And, and there's just been this struggle all season long and it pops up. Every single episode, in some way, and and in this episode, this is the way that it kind of manifested itself. So, what what do you think about that? Because I've been talking no, too I, long.
1: No, it's 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 perfectly fine. I wanted to let you finish your thought, no matter how long it was going to take. But <laughs> you know, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this lately too, and more in particular, in, with this episode, because. Uh, I think to a point, everything that's happening has cotton has kind of gotten into my head as well when it comes to analyzing everything, because you could take everything at face value when you're watching this. Like you said, we see, uh, you know, we see Ben attack Anna Lucia and John hit him in the head to stop him. And then we get the whole thing play out with the gun and, uh, you know, everything play out at the end, with, uh, towards the end with, and uh, with the fate of Anna Lucia and Libby and, as I mentioned, you can take that at face value as in like, this is just the way things played out. But if you look at everything that we know about Ben, even just everything we know about Ben so far and not what we know about the future of his character, you could kind of take this or at least question, was this or was this not his ultimate plan? You know, knowing that, you know, that Jack and Kate were going to come back with Michael and. Um, you know could this have been ben's plan all along he knew that he wasn't going to kill Andalusia, lucia but that this was going to drive this wedge even further between them or if nothing else make Locke believe that Locke finally has a one-up on ben when he never does and i don't think mm. even through the run of the series as you mentioned you're looking forward i don't really think between now and ultimately the end of john's fate before we get john Locke 2.0 uh you know, I don't think there's ever a moment where John gets a leg up on Ben. I think this manipulation of John and and Ben always knowing how to work John over, I think this continues to play until the end. Because actually, if you think about it, when you look forward in the series and you look at John 1.0's fate, it's ultimately at Ben's hand. And it's because of Ben that it happens. So I don't think... Throughout the run of John's story, this ends. Uh, now that we've been getting this, I don't think it ever comes to an end.
2: That's and an it's, interesting it's, thought.
1: Yeah. And it's not until, like I mentioned, John 2.0, which in essence really isn't John,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: the tables kind of turn and the power switches to John mm-hmm. over Ben. Um, you know, you look at the, again, this is kind of flashing forward in the series, but you look at the whole thing with the cabin and again, with John's fate, when he, when he gets off the Island and the the interaction with Ben, Ben is always in control of John. It never changes. So, uh, you know, and again, like, you know, looking at the whole ultimate plan, was this just a, a way that things played out or was this really Ben's plan all along for this to happen?
2: Yeah. I don't know that those, those are really good points. I I don't know. And, and, you know, what's great is that, you know, we're going to be around to discuss this and analyze it further uh, as the series progresses. So maybe, you know, if we keep our eyes on, on this dynamic, we will really be able to kind of hash it out and, and have a definitive answer by the end. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, um, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you keep with the manipulation theme, um, you can actually see a lot of manipulation throughout this entire, uh, episode. You know, you have Christian manipulating, uh, Ana Lucia to, uh, do exactly what he needs her to do while he, you know, does a leaving Las Vegas trip of Australia. Um, (laughs) you have Michael manipulating the group, uh, to very clearly not go after, you know, the dirty others, which I will talk about that later because that whole thing stunk from the moment he started talking. Um, and then his, of course, his manipulation to get the gun from Ana Lucia so that he could uh, release Ben at the end. Um, so it, it, it's interesting to me that manipulation, while it's a real common theme, this whole, season with Locke, it seems to be kind of a theme of this particular episode as well.
1: And and I wouldn't even just limit it to this episode. I would limit it to this group of characters throughout a majority of this season. I Mm -hmm. think manipulation plays a hand in a lot of different elements so far this season, not just, you know, not just the, the way things played out in this episode.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I just, I think it's, that I've been so focused on seeing the way that Locke is used uh for the benefit of others in dealing with Jack so often that maybe other aspects of you know that that theme uh have maybe fallen away because I'm so focused on making Jack an asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know what? And to that point, I noticed too, like even Even in the beginning of this episode, like even after Michael comes out of the woods, Michael is secondary to Jack for the moment. You know, it's not until Kate says, what do you think? They just let him go and they're not going to be there. We know for a fact that's actually what happened. But, you know, it, it, the I think whole that's situation. that's exactly
2: what happened, Kate.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it, w- we get that moment where even for like that, that 30 seconds after Michael falls out of the woods, it's like, oh, Michael's back. But they're still here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's still on that whole obsession theme that we talked about last week. For just thirty seconds more, and it takes Kate to kind of like clear his head and be like, "Yeah, as we mentioned, what do you think? They're just right there and they just let him go. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's exactly what happened, but you don't know that,
2: right. But you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> everything that they've experienced with these guys i I would I would absolutely keep that in the forefront of my mind. I don't care what oh, Michael yeah. says. Michael is Michael is a dad trying to get his son back. He is not there's just no way that there's nothing that I wouldn't say or do to try and get my kids back if if the roles were reversed, you know?
1: Yeah, well, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Kate was in the room when Michael woke up. Right. I think it was just Jack and Locke. When he's telling them about the camp or was Kate there? I can't remember. She was there.
2: She was there. She I mean, she was there when he woke up because she's she was the one that called Jack
1: over. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, knowing about the whole fake beard and all that stuff, of, of all people, wouldn't she be the one to kind of maybe call a flaw in his story?
2: Right, because she saw the locker Yeah, she saw the locker and the glue and the costumes and everything like that. And it was I don't know if it's bad writing or if it's just like she's decided to run with this story because he says that he saw tents and teepees and a hatch and two guns. I mean, like his story was really, really detailed. So maybe she just decided not to talk about it. But she also told Jack uh, what she saw in that locker as well. A couple of episodes ago.
1: I mean, I could see like be, but like fully believing Michael in the heat of the moment, like, oh my God, you're back. This is the story. But there's, there's plenty of time between walking from the hatch to the beach to get the gun from Sawyer that you could have thought about this plan a little bit, or you could have thought about Michael's story and kind of analyzed it a little bit and, and said to Jack before they even got the Sawyer, maybe we should think about this. And that never happens.
2: Well, and how slow did you have to go with lock on crutches the whole time through the jungle? So clearly it wasn't a sprint back to the beach.
1: Like you <laughs> had to true. take some
2: care, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's absolutely right. That's it's even more true. So you had plenty of time to think about this entire situation. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, maybe another ongoing theme of, of this show is gullibility. Because it tends to seem that they fall into that a lot, you know. Well, we it's just at-
2: they're so intent on getting the guns back all the time. They're like, "This is the story that'll finally do it. We're finally gonna get those guns back, y'all. Let's go!" You know, it's, it's so weird. They don't care
1: what the Hitch story is. Hitch up the is. wagon.
2: Hitch up that wagon, Locke. <laughs> throw away them crutches. We're gonna get the guns from Sawyer. <laughs>
1: Round up the wagons and throw together the hunting party. We're going to get us some bullets. <laughs> get us <Yeah>. some
2: bullets. <laughs> um, yeah. And before um, anybody you know, starts saying like you know that we're being insensitive to the South or something, I live in the South. All right, I live in the South <laughs> with the gun racks and everything else. That so you know I'm not really we're, we're not stretching anything
1: here. <laughs> no, we're really not, not at all. Uh, but you know it's and we're talking like I'm. Uh, this is like old west mentality this isn't right, modern mentality right. too we're not doing anything offensive so just like nobody hitches up and rounds up the wagons anymore let's be real
2: well i um, do i get that red that red <laughs> wagon that my kids have you know hitch up well the that's red when wagon. You're,
1: uh, yours is uh circle the kayaks at this point
2: circle the kayaks here we go we're going fishing <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, you know, uh, w- while we're on the note of, you know, the the elements of the hatch and we're talking about Ben and, and you know, Ben clapping back at Anna Lucy and like flat out, like na- pushing her up against the wall. Um, I was going to say nailing her against the wall, but then we're talking about Anna Lucy and Sawyer. Getting some
2: caught, in a net, <laughs> caught
1: in net, man. Caught in net. I have that written down, too. <laughs> um, he Ben tells a story and I, we talked a little bit about this last week and he talks about the man in charge. Oh, and Yeah. I, I have – see, I had a theory for a while, and I'm wondering what your thoughts on this are because, you know, he mentions that the man in charge is a great man and, you Brilliant know, I, I'll, I'll be failing him. Uh, see, I know we talked about the possibility that the great man is most likely Jacob because right. Jacob is the overarching person. But is there any possibility – because this is how I always took it until we started talking about it last week, that the great man he's talking about is actually himself. Like, he's praising himself for being smart. Because in many ways... I until you were Jacob say Charles is even, Widmore. No, no, I don't even think Charles Widmore even plays into it. Um, but un- until Jacob is even mentioned, which I don't think is even until seasons three or four, Ben is really the ipso facto leader of the others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, it makes me wonder whether or not is he talking about Jacob or in all actuality, is he talking about himself?
2: No, you know i I see i I see where you where that question could come from because he's such a narcissist. but we learn that he's extremely afraid of his quote unquote boss um, you know, and and that comes to light slowly. You know, That that's one of the best parts about this show is the little breadcrumbs that they leave along the way so that when the hammer does drop or the truth does drop, you can put all of those breadcrumbs together and you're like, oh, that's what they were getting at. And I think that this is just another one of those breadcrumbs leading us to Jacob. I mean, we have talked about, I mean, you had the ultimate breadcrumb the other day with Jack and Hurley and the numbers. I mean, that that alone says that they're, you know, even even if it wasn't up until a certain point, at least they were able to grab that breadcrumb and keep going, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you know, who knows? Who knows who he was talking about. Maybe it was a combination of both, you know, he does think he's a great man, but he's also kind of afraid of this guy that might kill him.
1: Well, I mean, if that's the case, then and and it really is, Jacob, that he's talking about when it comes to his boss, that brings up a whole new element of Ben's character because, you know, we talk about Ben and Jack or we talk about Jack and Locke, you know, being, you know, oil and water when it comes to man of science, man of faith. But if Jacob is, in fact, the boss that he is talking about, we have to keep in mind that it's not until Jack finds the cabin later in like season four, season three or season four, that. Ben has even met Jacob. He never, he's never met Jacob until ja, until John leads him to him. So if that's the case, Ben is an ultimate man of faith because mm. he's putting his faith in this man who is his boss, who he's never seen or met.
2: So maybe he's manipulating Locke the whole time because Locke is supposed to be this great man, and he's always thought he was the great man that was deserving to know. Jacob, when really maybe it was Locke that threatened his position, which is why he was always trying to get one up on him.
1: Well, that's one of the reasons why Jack, why John's fate ultimately ends up the way it is, is right. because it's when it's when John finds the cabin and sees Jacob for the first time, or talks to Jacob before Ben ever has, that it be, there it really is a wedge driven for between Ben and Locke for the first time.
2: So. Why, if if Ben knows that maybe John is supposed to be this great man for the island, why doesn't he kill him when he's trapped underneath the doors? Is he serving Jacob so fiercely then, but then later he's not as much anymore? I, are, are you following what I'm saying?
1: I am. And, and I think that was kind of... Indicated in this episode when he tells John, you are one of the good ones.
2: No, no, I understand that. But okay. so he's following Jacob now to the point that even though Locke may threaten Ben's ultimate position with Jacob, he's still going to do what Jacob tells him to do until Locke sees Jacob before Ben sees Jacob. And then he's just like, oh, no, that shit won't stand. Yeah. Like where yeah, it, it, where is that disconnect? John, I guess is is John my question. Becomes,
1: yeah, John becomes a threat. And I think that's exactly when it happens. You know, you don't think that we, he's a
2: threat before that? The guy that was in oh, the wheelchair think, that could all of a sudden walk.
1: Uh I think he was, but I don't but I think Ben's faith is so blinded at this point for following Jacob because he's done it for so long, you know, and he, he's he, He's done his bid he's been he's bidding for so long that it never really crosses Ben's mind that John is a threat. I think John has always been a threat, but I don't think Ben has ever realized it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that comes from the fact that he's always been able to manipulate John. Mm-hmm. So I think because he's able to manipulate John, he feels John as an inferior person mm-hmm. So I, I think he's always been a threat, but Ben's never thought of him as a threat until wait a minute. This guy can see Jacob before I can.
2: Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we get this. I that's where just, it comes into play. I can't wait until everybody else knows his name on the show. Every time <laughs> they call him Henry, I'm just like, stop calling him Henry.
1: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> yeah, And no, I don't think I'll, that happens
1: until next season.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Because if, I think, if it, I think happens it happens in that book club flashback.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think that's the first time we hear Ben's name and we don't know who they're talking about. Right. Until we see him. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't wait till that episode.
2: I like that episode a lot. I I do too. I, I'm so glad that we got to talk that out a little bit. The Ben and Locke and kind of their future and their present and their journey a little bit. Because I, I do think that we're gearing up for a lot of the more complicated storylines and themes. So it's nice to kind of, you know, get a little preliminary jumpstart to it all.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: what about you? T- t- what, what What about one of your points for the episode? Well,
1: one of the thi- one of the things I really wanted to talk about is I want to dive a little bit into like this is obviously an Ana Lucia backstory, but at the same time, it's kind of a Christian shepherd backstory. Yes, a little bit indirectly. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of this episode, because of these flashbacks, we have a, cl- in my opinion, we have a clear timeline. Of Christian Shepherd, because I, and I even had to go back to another episode to to witness something or to check on something that I believed, and it turned out I was right. If you go back to season one, um, the episode "Confidence Man," which was one of Sawyer's flashbacks, mm-hmm. when Christian and Sawyer are drinking in the bar, right? We get we get the moment in this episode with Andalusia and Christian outside of the bar, mm-hmm. and you know Christian hits Sawyer with the door. Mm -hmm. uh that is indeed the bar where sawyer and christian are drinking together right because i went i went back and checked and the wardrobe is the same christian Mm -hmm. is wearing the same color shirt and then it's only like a day later that ana lucia is in the airport getting ready to come home because she's going through this huge redemption arc just purely in these in these flashbacks and we get Anna Lucia in the airport and she's seeing Jack talking about her, you know, putting the father, putting yeah, his father it can't on the be plane. A, it
2: can't be a day later. It's got to be at least a week later. I, it,
1: I don't, I think it's only a matter of a couple of days. I don't think it's any more than that. I really don't. Because Getting why would a body Anna stay?
2: Getting out of the country is a complicated matter. And I understand that this is a television show, but I'm just saying it takes what? Like a day to fly there. So he's gotta die, tell Jack. Jack's gotta fly to Australia, get the body secured, and then he's gotta and then he has to get back on the plane. Um, so I mean that that's at least that's gotta be like I, at I, least four days.
1: I would think three to four days is is really because I don't and the only reason I say that is because Anna is kind of she's coming to terms with everything and she wants to come home. I can't see her staying around much longer once she makes that realization. So I can't – see, like within a matter of days of her finding out that she wants to go home, she's going to go home. She's not going to stay behind. So I can't see this playing out any longer than three or four days. Um, So
2: I was going to ask you, is there – I'm sure there is, and maybe one of the listeners can – can guide me in the right direction. I want to, is there an episode with a Claire backstory with her ever meeting her father?
1: I thought about that too. And I don't know if there is.
2: Because if there is, then maybe we would have even more of a timeline on this.
1: Maybe, possibly. But yeah, I don't think there is, to be honest. I think the only connection that we have at this point, is we've seen Claire's mother.
2: Now, do we know... That's another one. Have we seen Claire's mother yet?
1: I believe so. I believe in one of her first flashbacks, we've seen her mother.
2: Okay, so this this is the episode where we find out that not only does Christian have a daughter, a secret daughter, but that secret daughter is on the island.
1: Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm wait, the timeline's now confusing to me.
2: Right, the timeline is always confusing, man.
1: Well, because here's the reason, though. Because in the flashback where we meet Claire, we find out, you know, in one of the flashbacks where we've seen Claire, when we meet her mother, we find out that her mother was in the car accident. Her mother's in the coma, and it's Christian taking care of the bill. So how does that play out in the timeline now? because if it's only a matter of a couple days between Christian being in that bar a, a couple days to a week between Christian being in that bar and that death you know and and him dying and coming home when does that whole car accident happen
2: well i really think that we need you know to buy a ball of string and and, and
1: start mapping it
2: and start mapping out Christian Shepherd's Australian timeline <laughs>
1: It's yeah, I mean, it's because now that I'm thinking about that, now that you bring Claire into the mix, now it becomes a little confusing, whereas I thought we had it figured out. And I'm wrong.
2: (laughs) No, you know, I yeah. So because I had more questions at the end of this episode, you know, just with just what happens after the bar, because I know that because she didn't call her mom or Anna Lucia didn't call her mom until she was already at the airport in line, um, to go home. You know, she called her mom after she saw Jack pleading with the T, uh, the flight, the, uh, flight person. (sighs) What is it? The customer service agent, I guess, ticketing agent, um, you know, about getting, Christian on the plane. And so she overhears all of that pr- probably not knowing that that's Christian Shepherd on on the plane or in you know being argued about. And then she excuses herself to call her mom and tell her mom that she's on her way home. Who by the way I'm pretty sure was going to show up with cops to arrest her, but that's, you know, different.
1: <laughs> um okay, so I I looked a little bit into this while you were talking. Um Uh, There is a meeting between Christian and Claire. That's
2: what I thought. I knew it.
1: There is. They go. He convinces Claire to meet him for coffee.
2: Season what episode?
1: Uh, uh, It's not until season three that we get that meeting. Uh, Season three, episode 12 is when we get that flashback that we see that Christian and Claire have met. So at this point we don't know. Okay. Uh, Lindsay, the one that answers the door when Christian's there is Carol. Carol is Claire's mother. Um, Lindsay is her sister. So the woman that answers the door is her aunt. Not her mother. Ah. Uh, because Claire passes away.
2: Because Claire passes away? No, Carol passes away. Not Claire, away. Carol.
1: Carol passes away, okay. yes. Okay. Wow, that would make it a really interesting show if Claire passed away in a car Wouldn't accident. would it, though? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm glad that we got all that because these were like the big questions that I had while watching this because during the rewatch, you know, we know all this stuff. We know that Jack and Claire are half brother and sister. We know that Christian is in Australia because he's clearly, you know, trying to see Claire, you know, uh, this is all, these are all events that are kind of coming together. And, and every once in a while you get a little bit, uh, more information along the way. And so trying to piece it all together, I think that the only way to do that is to actually have these discussions and to just write it all down. Like I was taking notes as you were talking, trying to like kind of hash it all out myself and my brain. So I'm glad that we had this discussion.
1: Yeah, yeah. It gets a little confusing and we apologize for any confusion, but now I think we've we've got it kind of in the clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other, The only other thing I really wanted to talk about with, uh, you know without going into too much detail obviously i love there are a lot of number references in this episode mm-hmm. i don't know if you caught them all the most obvious is the police cars
2: yeah i, I don't didn't know if you catch noticed them that at not.
1: all no really you didn't notice that at all
2: i don't notice police cars in the background no
1: um in the opening of the episode of ana lucia's flashback uh, when the cop cars are in the parking lot there are car numbers on the roofs of the cars and the car numbers are four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three and forty two that's awesome yep it's a nice little reference that's in there
2: that's awesome
1: so uh I mean there's a couple other references to to numbers some of them are a little bit of a stretch. One of them is um you know uh Christian was on a drinking binge for four hours it's four am when he finally decides to go see Claire. Uh, three fifty one. The other one, three fifty, so close to four a.m. Uh, and the other one that is a little, a little bit of a stretch is when Michael comes back and he says he counts twenty two of them. If you include Ben in that, it becomes twenty three. Mm. So I don't know if that's that's. A, I think that's a little bit of a stretch.
2: Well, they had been drinking for four days in Australia. That's what it
1: was, not four hours, mm-hmm. four days.
2: Yeah, yeah and um, um, the combo lock though was nothing.
1: No, I I paid attention to that, to that too, to see if it and was And I even
2: added up all the numbers. It added up to 50.
1: Oh, so it wasn't anything important. No. So uh, the only other thing I really have about the whole Anna and Christian background story is did you happen to take notice of the names that they give each other in the airport? Uh,
2: yeah, Sarah, Jack's wife, and Tom, Jack's wife's new beau.
1: Uh, Well, Tom actually has multiple references. Uh, Tom isn't just now. Is it confirmed that that was his Jack's wife's new beau? Yeah. Okay. Um, Because it's also the father of Claire's son. uh, And it's also and it's also the name of Kate's former love who she's responsible for his death.
2: And I think um, wasn't it Tom friendly?
1: That's right. Yeah, so Tom, there's a number of Tom references in in this series that it could relate to any of them.
2: Yeah, but you know, you I I, I remember when Christian said I'm going to call you Sarah, and I'm like, that's weird, dude.
1: <laughs> well, because isn't there I th- isn't there a a theory going around that the mystery man that she that Jack's wife was messing around with was in fact Christian? Ew. Because uh, I think I remember that. I think I remember that being a theory. That she was actually cheating on Jack with his father.
2: That just makes me want to vomit.
1: Which, I mean, if that's the case, it brings a kind of a little bit of a new light to why Ana Lucia is going on the trip, because maybe he's just looking for somebody to replace Sarah. And by calling her Sarah without knowing her real name, that's a way he can do it. It's a creepy way to think about it, but there could be some truth to it. I hope not. <laughs> because we do know, in fact, in that episode that we do know that Sarah and Christian were talking. Yeah. Because Jack confronts her on it. So I think there might be some validity to it. I don't know. It's weird, but it, it could be valid. It's Who knows? still gross. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about you? What's, what's something else that you have in your notes?
2: Um, well, I, (laughs) there was a little bit of foreshadowing here. So when Saeed said, why don't you take Libby to the beach that I took my dead girlfriend? Maybe we don't, (laughs) maybe we don't go to that beach, you know, now all of a sudden that beach has now been, you know, the final romantic picnic place of, of two dead women. And granted, they never got there, but he was headed was there. Say, yeah. He was headed there.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, in all fairness, they never make it to that, that beach that, because yeah. Hurley gets them lost.
2: Yeah. And, and can we talk about that for a second? We're going to walk <laughs> sure. through, We're going to walk through the jungle <laughs> to go to a secret beach three kilometers up because I don't want to just follow the water line for a while and have a romantic walk <laughs> on the beach. You know what I mean? Like, what was That's that? That's a
1: good point. Well, but I mean, you know, when you analyze that situation, it's actually not even analyzing. It's completely clear as day. Hurley really has no game. None. He, he absolutely doesn't. Uh, he brought food because that's what Hurley knows. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't bring blankets. He doesn't bring anything to drink.
2: And he giggled uh, you know, he about the to... thought of having wine. He giggled about the thought of having yeah. wine. I what? He's like a little boy, which... I don't understand what is attractive about having to take care of a little boy and have him be your boyfriend.
1: Well not only that but you look at uh you know you look at the one thing that he does know about being romantic and he got it from a movie. He got it from say anything. Right. He he literally wanted to play music and hold the radio above his head.
2: But <laughs> And he's like which even is the a, static would be okay.
1: <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> I give don't points get me wrong. for wrong. right? Don't get me wrong. That's a hugely romantic gesture. It's just been done. Yeah. It's been done to death. Well, and so. then he
2: copied Saeed's move. He wasn't. Was taking gonna, her
1: to the romantic spot on a beach yeah, for a picnic.
2: Yeah, he wasn't gonna do that. There was no way he was gonna think of that. I mean, look, I love Hurley. I think he's adorable, but Hurley with a girlfriend, it just proves <laughs> how like woefully unequipped he is for that scenario.
1: Yeah, he, he, he really has no game at all. <laughs>
2: You're totally right. Um, that's
1: so funny that you say love that. Him to, love him to death like you say that, but Hurley has no game. I know. Uh, you know, and it's, it's rather unfortunate now because you think about his character and where his character... I know we're doing a lot of foreshadowing this episode, but you think about how this series ends and where his character ends up. Uh, that's pretty much his last chance at love.
3: Right.
2: Aww. Which is
1: sad when you think about it.
2: Well, there are you know, other women... Poorly. He could have, you know, but he doesn't gotten friendly with Nikki.
1: <laughs> no, God, I would have not liked Hurley if he did that. <laughs> not at all. It's bad enough. Palo was with her,
2: but I think I I do think that that I know I do think that that was some sort of foreshadowing when Saeed said, yeah, why don't you go here? I took Shannon there. Um, I think that that kind of foreshadowed that Libby was not long for this world.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, You know what else I noticed, too? And it was a real quick thought. And, you know, we we talked about this in discussion a little bit more about the ultimate decisions to kill off Anna Lucia Lucia and Libby. And, you know, we know from, um, you know, Michelle Rodriguez that it was ultimately planned for her character to go out. And when it came to Cynthia Watros, her character was written off because of something that had happened in her personal life. And actually, if you think about it, if you look at. That episode and the way it's shot and the way it's written, you can kind of tell because when it comes to Anna Lucia and she shot, there's blood like there. So they used blood pack and everything else. When Libby shot, it's through a blanket. It's almost as if they decided to just throw her in the scene last minute and be like, OK, you're going to die here. Like they don't show her. They don't show her bleeding. There's nothing. It's almost like they skipped on the special effects because it was a last minute decision.
2: Yeah, but they had a whole funeral for her.
1: But that could have been written in after they. You can write that in after the character's already dead. Yeah, you're right. But if you've, but if you're in the middle of filming that episode when she goes through that, and you have to make a last minute decision that this character is getting killed off, you know it. I could be just, I could be completely wrong, but it's just something that I noticed in that the way the scenes were shot, it was almost as if like Libby was added last mm-hmm. minute because yeah, of the maybe. fact that she was shot through blankets.
2: Yeah, It's possible. And I mean, honestly, anything is possible that that that's an interesting thought though. I, yeah. yeah. Cause Anna Lucia at first I was like, she was shot in the stomach. How is she already? Oh, it's the middle of the chest. I see. Yep. Instant death.
1: Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you're shot in the abdomen. And you're gonna, if you're shot in the right place, you're done. Like, there's no, well,
2: no other she, she, other she coming. was shot in the middle of the chest, like right, was where it the higher up? Is. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I looked the second time.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Second time. Makes sense. Second watch. Makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, anything but, else? You
2: know, well, let's talk about that shooting for a second. Okay. So, um, gosh there so do you think that michael knew that he had to release ben
1: i think that he was sent in there with that purpose explicitly i think they i think he was told if you want walt you have to free ben like we have a man on right. the inside if you want your son you go in and get him out no matter what it takes right. And I think Anna Lucia being the one that died, I think whoever was in that hatch would have been the one that died. Right. I don't well,
2: think- Well, what if he had- e- e- Well, probably not Locke, though.
1: No, I absolutely believe that whoever was in that hatch at that time would have died. Because they told. I think they told Ben to do whatever it takes. Or they told Michael to do whatever I, it takes.
2: I can't believe that with Locke being as important as he is- them being okay, anybody, even Ben being okay with Locke being shot and killed for his escape. At the very least, it would be, you know, let's take him with us. Because I'm pretty sure Locke would be like, yeah, okay.
1: Well, then that takes me back to my point originally when I said, like, maybe this entirely was all Ben's plan to begin with. Attacking Anna Lucia at the beginning of the episode was a way to make sure she was the one in the hatch. Oh,
2: well, maybe. Maybe. Kind of uh, reopening old wounds. Yeah. Seeing if she's really changed. I mean, that's also kind of a test. That's, you know, Ana Lucia passed her her island test. She she didn't repeat history. She grew from her past mistakes. She became a better person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And she
2: still died for it.
1: Yeah. But I mean, again, like I said, that, that makes me think that maybe all of this ultimately was but like attacking Anna Lucia knowing he was it was gonna he wasn't gonna kill her this was all something just to drive Anna Lucia to stay behind so that he can make sure ultimately in the end she was the one in the hatch to take the bullet
2: yeah yeah he never looked scared that she was going to follow through and kill him
1: now I mean if things didn't I mean again no cuz yeah cuz Michael wasn't in the hatch yet when he attacked Anna. They were bringing Anna in. Or they were bringing Michael in after the attack happened. Who was it? Michael wasn't in the hatch yet when Anna when when Ben attacked Anna.
2: No, it was right after.
1: It was right after. So no, he, it
2: wasn't right after. It wasn't right after. It wasn't until after they had hogtied him.
1: Yes. So, but I, but you had to, but you had to assume that he knew Michael was coming back with them. At least I would think so.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I, I, the more yeah. I think about it, I more I the more I think this was all ultimately part of Ben's plan.
2: I don't know. I I think that he I think he was pretty much out of out of all planning, unless I don't know, he knew a way in and out and was able to talk to people. I don't know. Probably not. I don't know how
1: he would have gotten in and out of that. that Exactly.
2: So I I don't think that he had anything to do with the plan to get him out. I think he was completely in the dark. He had to have been.
1: I don't know. I guess we're just going to have to pay attention as we go forward. And, yeah. and see, uh, you know, maybe there's clues that he knew, and maybe there's clues that he didn't. Yeah. So, but we'll find out. Ugh,
2: I wish Michael shot himself in the chest.
1: <laughs> headshot, always the headshot.
2: Yeah, whatever. Not the shoulder.
1: Well, he had to make it look convincing.
2: Ugh, he should have shot himself in the chest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it took out Anna Lucia. So. Oh, Um, so I have something that I thought was very interesting when I was watching this episode.
2: Let's hear it. Uh,
1: So we we see the moment of the episode with Anna and Sawyer being caught in a net. And Uh. we see that there is a a scene with the camera focuses on the gun in the pile of clothes. We fast forward through the episode and we see that Sawyer realizes Anna Lucia took the gun from him. And he was conned by Ana Lucia. Did he not mm-hmm. realize when he got dressed that the gun was not there?
2: Probably not. He was just real happy. He just got laid.
1: <laughs> All right. I mean, that's a simple enough explanation that, you Men know. Men are
2: simple, Ben. Men are simple.
1: Ana Lucia knew it. Yeah, but when I get dressed, I know when my phone's not in my pocket. Like, this is a gun. Like, I'm just saying. I, I don't know. I, I, I would think like if you're that protective of the guns, you would know it's missing when you're not putting it in your gun belt as you're getting dressed. I don't know. I I, I don't know. That is just He is
2: he is not a bright man. <laughs> he is the Connor. He is not the conned.
1: Yeah. And then we know that he's kind of on his own at this point, too. Uh, you and know, she
2: threatened him before she left. Yeah, I mean there was a lot going on there, and he had to get his mangoes.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> so
2: I'm just saying, I I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from because I had the same thought, but then I was like, man, he just got laid. He just got laid. He's fine. It was yeah. Fine. It,
1: it wasn't anything to overanalyze. It was just something that I picked right. up on when we when we noticed it. Like, did you not notice right. the gun no, no, wasn't in no, was, your pants?
2: Definitely funny. He's like, oh, Anna Lucia took it. And like, nobody's putting it together. That gives Sawyer my best. <laughs> oh, she took my gun.
1: <laughs>
2: we got caught in a net. Wink, wink.
1: Head to Brutus. Hey, um, Brutus, that was yeah, awesome.
2: <laughs> He's like, "Whoa, man! You and I are on in the anti in the in the anti Jack League." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's population two. Locke and Sawyer. <laughs>
1: um, I have one final note in my list of notes, but I'm I'm going to save it for last because it brings me to the giveaway. Um, do you have anything else in your notes that you want to get to before we we wrap up with that?
2: Did you notice that Kate's song was playing in the background?
1: The Patsy Australia, Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm wondering what the significance of that is. Do you have anything for that?
1: I I don't know. The, The only thing I can think of is maybe they were listening to the same radio station at the same time. Like maybe it's a clue to tune in like what was happening parallel at that point. Interesting. Because they were oh, they were in Australia, so there's always a chance they were listening to the same radio station at that same exact moment.
3: Mm-hmm. I'd have to
1: go back and see if like one's day and one's night. I don't I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. But I the only thing I can think of is that maybe that's just an indication of if you wanted to put their timelines parallel, you can line them up with that moment.
2: One day we're going to make this timeline, Ben. I know. We are going to make the Australia timeline and it's going to be awesome. And there's going to be a tab where it says walking after midnight and it's going to be a part of the timeline where we put people. <laughs> it's going to be exciting. I can't yeah. wait for it. Where
1: everybody was at the moment that song played on Australian radio.
2: We should have done it when we saw each other a couple weeks ago, but I know. we were playing Beat Saber instead. <laughs>
1: I, I know. <laughs> we had we had all these plans to record live in person. None of it happened. Beat Saber.
2: Beat we were saber. we were
1: eating cheesesteaks, watching Big Bang Theory, and playing Beat Saber. That was a
2: good time. Man. I was going
1: to say there is absolutely nothing wrong with that weekend. Nope. Because it was nope. It was awesome. It was great. such
2: a good time. Um, I'm looking over my notes right now to make sure that there was nothing. Oh, we had we had an actually like good conversation with Jack and Locke, where Jack said you were right, Locke. Let's and Locke said, Let's work together, Jack. And then they said, Let's all go down to the to the sand and let's go see <laughs> Sawyer and get some guns all together, united front. Yay, yes.
1: <laughs> and then it's all taken away when Locke says, Um, Jack, I need to tell you something.
2: Yeah, so I mean, Jack says the others are liars. Locke agrees. They want to do something about it. Okay, well, Jack. So you say that the others are liars now, but then at the beginning of the episode, you said, oh, they must have, they, they must have let go of Jack or they must have let go of Michael. Then he, you get back and you tell Locke that he's stupid for thinking about that because of course the others wouldn't do that. And now he says, wait, Locke, actually you're right about everything because the others are liars. We should work together. Jack has serious problems with what he feels at any given time. Like I, I officially can't keep it straight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I can't keep it straight.
2: Yeah, I'm done. I'm throwing this. T- I'm flipping this table.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, it's the first time in a while that, for at least a short period of time, we see those two characters see eye to eye about something. Mm-hmm. So, which it- is
2: nice because it's not going to happen again.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think it happens again for the rest of the series. <laughs>
2: But this is really nice that it happened and I'm just so so proud of both of them and I feel like we should at least mention it, especially at the end here.
1: So
2: <laughs> But why don't you tell me about your final thing that includes the giveaway that I'm gonna win?
1: Uh okay. you're well, you can't. You're not eligible.
2: I will make myself eligible. Don't you're, worry about it.
1: You're a coach. What am I winning? You're, um <laughs> Well, if we you know I'm glad you brought up the whole, let's go to the beach and confront Sawyer about something because we get reference to something yet again. Uh, and that is the manuscript that he is reading. And it is.
2: Oh, yeah. It's
1: for the book, Bad Twin, which we know was written by one of the, uh, it was originally referenced to as a novel that was being worked on as a manuscript that was being worked on by one of the passengers who pass- who, who dies. Uh, But this is, I think, the last time we're referenced, we get referenced to, but Lost and the producers of ABC and their whole merchandising line actually wrote the story and published (laughs) it as a book. So I literally just ordered one of the last hardcover copies of the book available. So when it comes in, we're going to use it as a giveaway. Uh, I love it. You and I are going to discuss exactly how we'll give it away. But I think it's cool that we have a little piece of lost merchandise that's pretty. It's difficult to find now at this point. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of jealous that we're giving it away instead of keeping it for ourselves. But uh, I think it's kind of cool that we'll use it and we'll find a cool way to give it away to one of our listeners.
2: I love that. That is amazing.
1: So, and the fact that it's, I think you can still find like soft cover. Uh, like paperback versions of the book. But this was one of the few, one of the the last hardcover copies I could find online.
2: So, that is amazing. That's a great find.
1: Yep. And I think it'll be a great find for anybody who's a fan of the show and listens to the podcast as well.
2: Yeah, so yeah. if anybody has any ideas on how we can do a giveaway or some creative things that we can do to drum up some uh, listenership and... Also, have some fun with our listeners that have been so great about already listening. Thank you so much. Uh, Let us know. Give us a message or, you know, call us on our phones if you have the numbers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to give it out, but if you have it already, it's fine. Yeah,
2: post it to Facebook, post it to Instagram, post it to Twitter, whatever you want to do.
1: Well, you know what? While we're on that note, why don't we just tell them other ways that they can contact us so that they can leave us feedback, too, since we're going to dive into our feedback.
2: Let's so, do that.
1: Uh, as you mentioned, first and foremost, we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Lost Revisited.
2: We are on Instagram at Lost Pod.
1: You can email us at Lost Pod at gmail.com.
2: And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address that we have listed
1: before. <laughs> Already. Previously.
2: Already, previously on Lost.
1: Oh. <laughs> but, I, uh, you know, while we're talking about feedback, I'm actually really excited for feedback this week because not only did we get another voicemail from our buddy Steve uh, and we got an email from our buddy Des, but our 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 friend Gemma actually left us a voicemail this week.
2: Yay! Oh, so, I love her too. Her voice is so awesome. So. And she's adorable in every way. I love her so much. She was... Um, She was a very faithful listener on House Podcastica,
1: which we'll get to by the end of this episode. We'll we'll spend a minute on that. Um, not very much, but um, yeah, I'm. That I'm sounds really like a exci- lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> a minute's too long, uh, but yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. She leaves us some great feedback on Facebook, but she actually left us a voicemail this week. So, I, you know, but like you, I don't listen to the feedback until we actually listen to it together. So, uh, you know what? Why don't we just kick it off with Gemma? Yeah, and, uh, and we'll play that now. So here is our voicemail from our friend Gemma Hall.
3: Um, Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Gemma calling from South Wales. Um, I thought I'd call in my feedback about this episode of Lost because it was one of those episodes, I think, that I screamed out loud watching. Probably one of the first episodes that I did that. I think, you know, before, like, Walking Dead, I think Lost was, like, one of these shows that had, like, these massive moments, and I think this is one of them. I remember at the time thinking, Michael can't kill... Anna Lucia that's Michelle Rodriguez and and then Libby walking up behind and him shooting her twice then through the blankets it was just so insane I think it took me a few um, watches of that episode I remember just to get my mind around it it was just so shocking and the fact that you know, he's lied he lied to her to get in to see Ben and then he shoots himself in the shoulder. Bad Michael. Very bad Michael. I think from this point <laughs> Michael's journey just goes down and there's no there's no coming back for this for Michael until mm. the island is done with him later on the freighter. Um oh yeah, before that though, Anna Lucia uh, gets some sexy time with Sawyer, which made me very jealous. <laughs> But I think in Sawyer's mind, he kind of went ahead with it because, you know, it was Michelle Rodriguez and Lucia jumping on him. He's not going to say no to that because (laughs) last week as well with Kate and Jack being caught in the net. So he kind of thought, well, this is my own net, my own way of getting back. But, you know, I don't think Kate ever found out about him and Anna anyway, which is probably a good thing um yeah it was just one of those really good episodes that just like you said it just turns everything around and all these happy moments go to shit and poor Hurley as well so yeah that's my feedback and I, I look forward to the podcast and uh, I'll see you soon thanks bye
2: <laughs> yeah you know what we didn't talk about that we didn't talk about the fact that uh, of of how we reacted to that the first time around and I had the same exact reaction i was shocked shocked when with that one two punch at the end when both Anna Lucia and libby both got shot and died Un- I, I I didn't even believe it until the next week when they were having the funerals like i i for sure I was like no way no mm-mm, nope no way are they dead. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure I was probably the same way, too. I don't think I accepted the fact that they were uh, that they were killed off because it was it was a really big shock when it happens. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it came completely out of nowhere. We didn't expect that to come from Michael. So yeah, I was I was probably in the same boat when it happened.
2: Right. Yeah, it was, that was shocking. So I'm, I'm with you on that, Gemma. I'm also with you on the fact that I don't think Michael could really ever redeem himself after that. After that, you never trusted the character anymore. You never thought that he was doing anything for uh, the group. He, he was always looked at a very self-serving and selfish, um, minded character. So yeah, I, I, Totally agree. There there was no redeeming Michael after after that.
1: And I don't think he ever does get redemption until the end.
2: Mm-hmm. Like the end, end. Like end, yeah. end, end, end. Like the final moments of his character end.
1: Yeah, like the last 30 seconds of his character is when Maybe. he finally finds redemption.
2: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> so Thanks, yeah.
2: Gemma. I'm so happy to hear your voice. You're so cute and adorable, and I love you.
1: And I just love that, you know, caught in a net will forever be a euphemism now, both on <laughs> and off know. this podcast. <laughs> forever a euphemism, and I love it.
2: Yeah. Pretty caught in a net,
1: maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to move on to Dez's voice, uh, Dez's email, or do we want to do Steve's voicemail?
2: No, let's do Steve's voicemail. Okay.
1: Uh, as always, we get a voicemail from my buddy Steve Brown. Uh, so here is our message from Steve.
4: Well, guess you decided to start talking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, and Kristen, it's Steve, and uh, just a couple of really quick notes on uh, Two for the Road. Uh, love Emma Lucia, Anna Lucia and uh, Christian picking names in the bar, and it's Tom and Sarah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, shouldn't Jack know that Michael is lying because of what Kate found in... The <laughs> medical bunker, or do you think he just he's so full of himself that he wants to believe that the that Michael is telling the truth, or that these people are animals uh, or primitive or whatever? And I so I thought that was interesting. I, I it was real sweet, really not knowing uh, how to pack a picnic, and I probably would have forgot blankets too because I don't know I don't think I've ever been on a picnic. Um, anyway, um, oh, no. I, this is just a, it's just a, a small one because I'm not going to have a lot of notes. But I hate when guns are improperly, like portrayed, and it just bugs me. And I'm not going to get into sp- specifics with the Beretta, but I've used that gun and just, just bugged me. And uh, uh, but I'm going to wait to watch the next episode until I listen to you guys. Maybe talk to you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe
2: oh you're so awesome steve steve you've never been on a picnic I, you need to remedy that
1: you even get if a blanket, you go by yourself
2: go get a sandwich go sit in a courtyard or a park or something like that and sit down and have yourself a little picnic picnics are great
1: you don't even have to sit on a blanket on on the grass just pack a lunch and go sit on a park bench
2: yeah you know they didn't need the blanket for their picnic on the beach they could have just sat down they could have both gone over to rose and Bernard and been like hey man can we have some wine yeah young love oh so sweet and then you know go park it on the beach and eat your dharma food and drink your dharma wine <laughs>
1: drink your dharma wine i don't know why <laughs> but that that sounds so hillbilly i don't even know why <laughs> go drink your dharma wine
2: <laughs> uh, but that's true that's what they have they have dharma food and dharma wine
1: yeah it's very true uh, <laughs> so I think that just leaves us our email from our buddy Des uh, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it
2: sure I'll read it okay uh, Des Combs hi Des so I guess this is one of those episodes we've been dreading but also couldn't wait to get to first off Christian and Ana Lucia in the bar. It kept bothering me that Christian gave Ana the same name, Sarah, and, and I couldn't figure out why. Duh! Jack's ex was named Sarah. Issues, Christian? Then <laughs> I checked the lost wiki, and Tom was the name of Sarah's new man. Aha! While on the wiki, I saw that the police cars in the parking lot had all of the numbers. Didn't even notice that at the, at all. <laughs> me neither, does. Neither you did and you. I were both... <laughs> We're both in good company. Uh, When Christian is trying to see Claire, I'm assuming this is the same rainstorm as when Sawyer is killing an innocent man. I can't remember if we saw this storm in anyone else's flashbacks. On the island, Jack, Kate, just leave Michael's ass in the jungle. Yes, I still yell at the TV on occasion. Uh, In parentheses, I know Karen never does this. Uh, I guess she yells at the TV. I yell at the TV. I yell at the TV TV all the time. I do too. Yeah. Everyone gets played in this episode. Ben plays Anna and then he plays John. Anna plays Sawyer after a little afternoon sexy time. Michael <laughs> blindsides Anna. Stupid, stupid people. Sorry if John was was not so up his own butt. <laughs> Sorry if John was not so up his own butt. Anna... Okay, I'm starting this over. Sorry, if John was so not up his own butt, Anna would never have been able to get that gun back to back to the John Lock Hatch, and Michael would have never not had the ch- would have not had the chance to kill both Anna Lucia and Libby. I know Michael was sent there with orders to free Ben, but was he specifically supposed to kill Anna Lucia? I don't remember. Oh, well, fucking Michael. Enjoy the rest of your (laughs) shitty life. (laughs) I love Des so much. Did anyone catch Michael's little misogynistic reasoning on how they could take the others? Most of them are old, and half of them are women. It looked like Libby did actually remember Hurley from the hospital. I forget who said it last week, but I like the idea but the island was helping libby's mental condition the way it also helped john and rose she actually did seem to get more rational as the season progressed oh and ben i actually am a desmond so if it slips in so if it slips in here or there no big i actually got on the habit of calling people brother thanks to this show <laughs> All my love, Desmond.
1: (laughs) Oh, and Des, don't think we didn't notice that little dig of the whole, uh, Anna would have never been able to get the gun back to the John Locke hatch. After we we said a couple weeks ago that the hatch does not belong to John. Nice dig. I said it
2: does. It does belong to John.
1: Or maybe that's, maybe he's saying it to kind of, I don't he know. He says
2: it doesn't belong to, he says it doesn't belong to John. All right, so I said just, it,
1: that's yeah. right. No, he's, he's
2: always being a dick. It's fine. I love him. <laughs> I love him for it. Every moment of it. I like it that I know that he's laughing out loud right now. Yes. Listening to this. That and, makes my heart happy.
1: And not pounding on his steering wheel. <laughs> 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 that works Maybe He's too. pounding
2: on it from laughing so hard. It's like, oh, they're so funny. Pound, pound, pound. I
1: don't know. <laughs> it's funny, too, because when I post the podcast, I usually post around like midnight on Thursday so that it goes up.
2: Oh, that's know, a sweet spot right there. Or,
1: yeah. So that it goes up like early, early Friday morning so people can listen to it like really early. And I think Des is actually one of those people that listens at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, He works really
2: early or late or overnight or something.
1: Yeah, he's either getting ready for work or on his way to work or or something or other. And it's funny because I can check the numbers and we get a little bit of – the numbers for the podcast network get a little bit of a boost after I post it. That's how I know people are starting to listen to it. And I always imagine he's one of those numbers that's boosting us at like Thursday morning or Uh, like Friday morning. Thanks, You're amazing. so uh but I think that just about between feedback and notes that just about wraps it for our breakdown of the episode. Next week we talk about uh question mm-hmm. mark. That's that's yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's really the only way that's the title. It's just a question mark. So uh which is a, another Mr. Echo backstory, yes. which we love. We love yes. those backstories. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we get the introduction to another hatch next week as well
2: yeah that's right ooh I'm excited so, yeah I might I might I, watch I, it later tonight
1: early yeah I was thinking about doing that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But, you know, on top of that, uh, obviously, on top of leaving us feedback, which we encourage you guys to do, uh, you know, please leave us uh, feedback on the iTunes page, on our Facebook page as well. You know, review the podcast. Let us know what you think of the podcast. And I was going somewhere with this and I completely forgot. Now I don't remember. Oh, well, train derailed unintentionally this time.
2: That's all right. All right.
1: Yeah. Oh, I remember where I was going, uh, and we encourage you obviously to check out some of the other podcasts that Kristen and I are both a part of. Which unfortunately, you're this is my only podcast
2: now. Yeah, we're going to change that. Well, for right now, I for need now. a break. Yeah. yeah, it's been a really really rough uh, couple of years. I've been doing. Um, I was doing the Game of Thrones rewatch. Um, it was on two different podcast names, but it was ultimately House Podcastica. And, um, season eight was really intense. The rewatch was really intense. And I was very, very foolhardy to think that I could do, um, Handmaid's Tale season three during the summer with my kids out of school, uh, and a very limited schedule. So I had to let it go. Um, but i do have this podcast and it's you know this one is very close to my heart it's something that ben and i uh really love doing and i wouldn't dream of giving it away ever i'm so.
1: i'm i'm very happy that that's the way you feel cuz i'm i'm glad that you you didn't give up this podcast but i mean you know i can under i can under totally understandably get the whole it's like podcast burnout A little bit. You get burned Mm -hmm. out from doing so many. I've gone through it before, as well. It's it's nothing new. You know, it's it's nothing new to me either. So, but I'm glad that of out of everything because I feel the same way. If I got burned out from any podcast, this is the one I would never give up.
2: Yeah, and you know, and you make it very easy Ben and the fact that all I have to do is just show up with my notes and then turn off my computer and walk away. You do all the editing and post-production and the publishing and I really really appreciate that cuz I was just um you know, my kids are 6 and 7 and there are not going to be a lot more summers that they want to spend with me. They're going to start wanting to spend it with their friends and I would really like to cherish that time right now. And the only way I know how to do that is to let go and simplify my life a little bit and make it more about them over the summer. And um, this this podcast is very easy and I love hanging out with you. And um, it's really fun because my kids like coming in to say hi to you before and after the recording. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it's just easy and I appreciate the easy and I appreciate you. So thank you.
1: Yeah, of course. And I appreciate you being a co-host uh, along with me because it's great because this is one of those podcasts that even on episodes where we're talking about some serious matters that happen in an episode, like, you know, some dark things could happen in the episode. There's because, you know, with loss, there's always there's a lot of times where there's no levity in an episode. It's all serious stuff that happens, uh, you know, with death and things like that. We always still find a way to laugh when mm-hmm. we're recording something. And that's you know one of the things I love about podcasting with you.
2: Yay, so. me too. Yay, yay.
1: So now um, that the Ben and yeah. Christian sap hour is over,
2: deed, deed, diddly, lee, dee dee dee
1: dee I I think that is going to just about wrap it up. Uh, you know, we do encourage you guys again to leave us feedback for next week's episode as well as further episodes. Let us know, as Kristen said, uh, ideas if you have any for ways we can give away this bad twin novel and uh because i'm really anxious to do it and i know we're gonna work on some stuff in between seasons two and three of maybe doing like a character spotlight or something like that we're still gonna work that out
2: yay but, yeah that'll be fun i like that yeah. idea
1: but other than that any final notes before we close it out
2: um i saw toy story 4 i highly recommend it
1: i saw spider-man far from home and i highly recommend that
2: I saw Iron Man 3, and I highly recommend that.
1: (laughs) I saw Dark Phoenix, and I highly recommend you stay home.
2: I still need to see John Wick 3, and I highly recommend somebody come and watch my kids while my husband and I go see it. oh and if you could do it for free that would be even better thanks this
1: is this is just going to be a new segment at the end of every episode now (laughs) I highly recommend and then we'll just do two or three of them and that's it (laughs) that's the end of it because I also need to see John Wick 3 I have not yet seen it
2: well we had a chance but again Beat Saber took
1: over (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true we almost went and saw John Wick 3 when you were here too
2: We were real close. We were gonna go see like the midnight showing or something like that. Oh, we were looking. We
1: were were looking at movie times,
2: and then we're like, "Oh yeah, we're old. Uh, Let's stay (laughs) inside."
1: (laughs) Uh, And I know between now and the next time we record, I will have knocked a bucket list performance off my list.
2: I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to hear all about it.
1: I get to go see Hugh Jackman perform Sunday night, and I'm extremely excited.
2: You're going to have a great time. It's going to be awesome. I I can't wait. Take some secret video and send it to me.
1: Okay. I will do that. I, this is one of those shows I was actually talking to somebody, I know we're getting ready to wrap it up, but, um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this last night, like too many times people go to concerts and just record too much and things like that. And like, this is one of those shows that I know I'll take a couple pictures in the beginning, maybe record a couple minutes in the beginning. But from after that, like, I don't want to watch this show through my phone. I want to actually sit and watch this show and enjoy it. Like I want to be in the moment.
2: Yeah, I I do that at concerts all the time. I always think to myself, some idiot is doing that. So I'll just look on YouTube for their video.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm sure I'll capture something uh, just so I can post something, you know, online to show people I was there, even though everybody who knows me knows that's where I'm going to be at Sunday night. Dressed
2: up in a top hat and uh, some tail (laughs) feathers.
1: Going out like P.T. Barnum.
2: My son would be so proud.
1: (laughs) Uh, but with that being said, thank you as always for listening and following along with us every week. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care.
2: Pew, 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 pew. We have to go back, Kate.
4: We have to go back.